What's going on, everyone? This is Let's Be Nerds. We're back again. Episode 50. This is going to be our season two finale. We have a very fun topic right now. It is your top five favorite characters of any genre pulled together as your A-list team, your your A-team in the end of the world here. So to discuss this, we've got Stephen Jay and we've got Gordon. Mr. Jay, how we doing? I'm doing fantastic, buddy. Excited for the finale, and I'm excited for this topic. I know. It is super fun. I racked my brain all week trying to figure this one out. I'm sure <laughs> Mr. Gordon feels the same way. How are you doing, though? I'm doing great. I'm very excited for this. I, um, I'm excited to share my lists of people with you guys. <laughs> all right. So, uh, why don't you go first, Mr. Uh, Gordon, there? I think you're... Uh, I think we're all excited to hear this team that you've got cooked up over there. <laughs> so my my instructions were to come up with a team, your Apocalypse A team. And I came up with two teams, my completely absurd team and then one that kind of makes a little more sense. And they want me to share my absurd team first. And they're uh, listed from least absurd to most absurd. And start us off we have john constantine from the dc universe not only is he one of my favorite characters in uh really any superhero scenario i think he's just better than everyone he it has the ability to summon the house that he lives in because i don't remember the reason i think it's the house of agnia something like that so we have a place to stay right then and there. He's good at black magic. He can light fires with his hands. He can do pretty much anything with magic. And that's real helpful for when we come across some uh, bad guys. Um, Along with him, my next character, I, I picked the Green Lantern. Any of them. Solid. Solid. <laughs> all, <laughs> any of them, all of them. Probably Hal Jordan. That's the one I am... Um, most familiar with in the comics I've read that one hyper realistic movie that we don't talk about um <laughs> and most of the animated series Hal Jordan I mean as long as you got the willpower you have any weapon you need you can defend against any if there's zombies at this end of the world we can have a wall around us to protect us while we get the um this the superpower that's gonna handle all these people while he gets ready. Um you also just I mean, it's a Green Lantern. Everyone wants to know a Green Lantern or at least have the ring. Um yeah. but what the the Green Lantern would be used for uh defense. We we don't need him to attack and you might be wondering why not. He can literally make a machine gun out of his ring. That's because for our you know our muscle, the one who's really gonna take out everyone um we have superman prime 
from the universe one million. Um, this Superman <laughs> spent fifteen thousand years in the heart of a sun, gaining pretty much everything short of omnipotence and all the other omnis that there are. So he, um, other than the fact that his brain is not didn't advance with him, he still has the brain of a. I guess you could say human, even though he is a Kryptonian, since he was grown up or raised on Earth. He has the brain power of a lowly Earth person, so he can still be overwhelmed by lots of loud noises. He doesn't have that fortitude in his brain because he is not. He's not advanced enough as a life form, so that's a drawback with him. It honestly only gets better from here, because how can it get better from literally one of the most powerful people in DC comics? Well, we jump over to the Marvel Universe, and we just pull, uh, just pick him up with our little fingers. We pull Eternity over to our side. Um, Eternity is a literal god. Um, Eternity um, has nigh omnipotence. The unlimited ability to manipulate time space matter energy magic reality he's near omnipresent or he is omnipresent sorry he's near omnis not omnipotent ah i those words i have issues Om with omnipresent and omnipotent thank you omnipotent this is my asmr jam <laughs> um he is capable of physically manifesting any uh force living within the earth dimension so if we need some child time he can summon us some deer if really if we're not feeling deer maybe one alligator or maybe we want to get a bit more exotic we can get some uh stingrays up in there and you know kill them we, to avenge he, steve Irwin. exactly this is a um easter egg for my person on my other list uh, <laughs> um and you might be wondering how can I top off a literal god? Am I right? So, sticking with the Marvel Universe, I decided to <laughs> to pick um, the, the man called One Above All. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with who this is. The One Above All is the literal creator of the Marvel Universe. The, every part of the universe that Marvel has, all their multiverses are a part of him. So, I, <laughs> I pick the literal creator of one universe, of one multitude of multiverses to be on my teams, so that way we can just pretty much be invulnerable. No, I, nothing can hard, harm, harm us then, because he is omnipresent, he is omnipotent, he is every omni there is, you... You can't really kill him because he is everything and everything is him. I just... There's no known weaknesses. Uh, I should have set better parameters. <laughs> you should have set better parameters, and I took full advantage of this by picking a literal god to... Uh, <laughs> the literal creator of Eternity to be on my team. And that's why I said this is my absurd team, because... You did not set parameters, and I wanted to make you regret that. I, I, 
I understand now. <laughs> well, and why? <clears throat> sorry, just because um, it's not important, but I'm going to make it important anyway. All these people, except for Green Lantern and John Constantine, can go back and forth between the DC and Marvel universe at will. So I, it's not really, you know, too unrealistic for these people to come together. There might be consequences, but who cares about that? We're in an apocalypse. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> do you, do you want to go with your more realistic team now? Because now I'm, <laughs> now I'm curious and I don't want to tell my team. <laughs> it. Compared to what the last one was, this one is very underwhelming. This one is, um, there's a couple uh, TV characters here, but the majority of them are real life people. And I guess I'll give my explanation as to why. Uh, to start off with, we have MacGyver from the TV show MacGyver. Um, not the new 2016 to 2021 one. No, he's garbage. I'm talking like the 1985 to... 92 one because he is the uh that's the good one we don't need any other ones the original I, jesse dean anderson exactly i pick him because granted it, it, very pause pause and jerry rigged but the ability to use what's around him to build useful gadgets seemed like it would be a useful ability he'd be able to set up traps or Perhaps Jerry rigs some sort of electrical circuits if at the end of the world there is no power. He might be able to help set something up. And to obviously, if you're going to be using electricity, and we're, we're going to need someone who is um, very well off with using electricity. So I, uh, I decided also Elon Musk has to be there. So <laughs> I'm really making Steve regret this, and I'm enjoying every part of it. Yep. Um, <laughs> he he's there for the uh, you know for an engineering standpoint, so we can uh, rebuild some things. You know, maybe we come across a car we need rebuilt. He'll know how to do it. We'll be able to uh, go smoothly. We won't have to ride bicycles around. Um, the next one I picked. For the uh, sole reason of being able to go out and identify different plants and animal species, Steve Irwin, I decided that he would be very key in hunting down animals that, knowing the animals and being able to hunt them and set traps to help hunt them. The only, uh, the next unrealistic one and only because i don't know anyone in real life other than the actor who played him in the tv show um green arrow for strictly for he is an average joe it's strictly for his ability to hunt from long range that would prevent us from having to go against dangerous animals like wolves bears or anything close range we could handle them from a distance and of course, you need someone to cook this food. And <laughs> oh god, I already hate it. I know. I you you can hate it, and I'm sure you know where I'm going with this, Steve. 
I to cook the food and make sure it's prepared correctly so none of us die from food poisoning. I obviously brought along Gordon Ramsay as well. <laughs> so that way the food could be <laughs> properly cooked and prepped and at least taste good. Because you shouldn't, you know, just because it's the end of the world doesn't mean you shouldn't live in style. Big facts. Big facts. <laughs> At least it wasn't Bobby Fly or uh, <laughs> Guy Fieri. Yeah. No flavor town in the end of the world. Mm, bam. The lack of parameters made this very fun. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <clears throat> where yeah. do we go from here? <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. Um, oh, man. I should have had a red flag when you were telling me on the side that it was a good topic, that you were going to pull something, so I should have known. <laughs> now, um, now, for everybody who's just listening to this, uh, we've now just started to use our at-home cameras. Uh, so this is the most I've actually seen Gordon move and smile during a <laughs> podcast. So we knew this This is going to get really weird. <laughs> He's bubbly. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to make Steve live to regret his decision of saying that we can use anyone from any um, existence, comic book, TV shows, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I did that with both, but I at least used realistic people in the second one. But I I did say, I don't remember mentioning real life people, but. I mean, I did that one just to offset the fact that I use literal gods in the first one. So you don't have like a realistic team for any of this because like some of the scenarios in the second half gordon ramsay's not gonna be able to like scream and yell his way out of it you know i don't <laughs> i think you are mistaken about how angry he can get he's the next hulk <laughs> yeah oh yeah. my all right so yeah. let me go on with my team that yes mr uh... j let's hear from you okay so <laughs> The idea that I was trying to convey that apparently I did not do so well is you kind of want a balance of uh, the right people in the right places for tackling different scenarios you might find at the end of the world um, across all universes, video games, movies, television, comic books, you name it. Uh, there is no universal barriers, there is no boundaries, and you can assemble, you're essentially the leader of the team, and you can assemble anyone that you are aware of and basically call them to your universe to help them have them help you prevent the end apocalypse so i did mine in order of i guess you could say leadership well no the first one is who i would pick as my second in command of course i immediately went with storm from the x-men for her omega level mutant ability and the fact of controlling the weather Figured that would come in handy, especially if there's power outages. You know, you can have at-home electricity through the lightning, uh, consistent rain and water flow. Uh, next, I went with Sora from Kingdom Hearts. And kind of was debating between him and Link from Legend of Zelda. But I kind of realized it's not that they're similar, but they would fulfill a similar role on the team as kind of the adventurer and the risk taker so to speak so i had to go with sora at the end and my next pick will make sense i picked for my just like super strength 
uh, bruiser type, so to speak, uh, Goliath from Disney's Gargoyles. Uh, he is a giant leader of the Gargoyles from however old, you know, great great show I talk about all the time on the podcast. But um, the only disadvantage to him is that he does turn to stone by day. But he, other side from that, he can fly, he has super strength, he's a very tactical leader. And the next person that I picked kind of has the ability to prevent the disadvantage of turning to stone. I needed somebody with a little bit of magic, a little bit of, uh, I wanted a villain, but not, I wasn't fully commit, committing to an actual villain. I wanted somebody with a dark side. So I picked Raven from Teen Titans due to her being the son of essentially, uh, the devil and her powers in the comic books are a lot different than how they look on the TV show. But to benefit my team, I'd focus more on the team side or the Teen Titan cartoon side of it, where she has the ability to crest like the shadow powers and the telekinesis and all of that. I would like to think that she'd be able to somehow figure out a way to use those powers to shadow Goliath in the way that he would not have the disadvantage of being hit by the daylight to turn to stone. So a little bit of a balance there. Uh, my last pick is my random. I gotta go with somebody that has, is currently in their universe going through the end of the world and might need a little bit of a vacation to come over here and help us. Mr. Daryl Dixon from Walking Dead. <laughs> hey, he needs a break from zombies. That's he's, a good one. A little va- nice. He needs a little vacation. He's a little bit of a rogue, but... Go with the bow and arrow. Yeah, and we need to know some insights, you know, you're not gonna, you know, everybody thinks they know exactly what to do at the end of the world, but, hey, Daryl's, like, done it for 15 seasons, he knows what's going on. 15 more well on the way. <laughs> Unfortunately, they are coming to an end. Oh. Um, but yeah, so that's my team, I tried to keep it balanced, I thought Storm was a little overpowered for the Omega level, but, um... No. Aside from that, that's who I think I would want. I had a, I had an alternate... Uh, for Raven, just because I was a little unsure of that, I had Zatanna from the Justice League. She's just like a magician. that she says anything backwards, she could turn it into a spell. I was kind of debating on those two for uh, the magic role, so so to speak, but I went with Raven in the end. So, Mr. Eric, tell me what your team is. Okay. Um, if, there's any, if there's any celebrity chefs, I'm, I'm canceling the podcast. I, I did not do any celebrity <laughs> chefs. Um, so going with your idea of, um, kind of like the first pick is your second in command. I picked a character that I felt is not only an epic counselor, a leader, a role model, but also just a general ass kicker. And I picked Gandalf the White. Because he is... He's the, the, the wanderer of Middle-earth. He's very powerful, very intelligent, um, very learned, very old. And he is just an all-around ass-kicker. He's very, he, he fulfills two roles for me. So, um, this is where it's going to get a little bit more fun. Work <laughs> because Superman was already taken, I wanted to do Henry Cavill because he's super distracting for me. Um, 
Uh, we're gonna um, over that. Excuse you. Please, now we need to go into more detail. I, I, would, I would like an elaboration. Me too. I think Henry our fans Cavill would like it too. Is like the most gorgeous male actor in the world. Okay. Have you have you seen Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, and I'm still counting Henry Cap. Yeah, you know, Henry Cavill over Chris Hemsworth. Okay. Well, he doesn't count. It's Chris Hemsworth mid. Yeah, he is mid. <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's pretty high up. All right, moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Okay. Man crush, you gotta have the man crush on the on the team. I get it. I, I get know. It. Well, I can't be distracted. That's why I picked Daryl. So uh, <laughs> we're we're skipping over that, and we're gonna go to. I, I want to put a xenomorph on my team from Ooh. the Alien Ooh. series. Because okay. there is never not a situation where you don't need a scary ass alien with acid blood. To hold down the front, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that would be a pretty formidable thing and scary as hell to come across. It can literally plant morph itself inside of your dead enemies. It's terrifying. That's I don't want to fight deck. a xenomorph. Why not have one on my team? That's can why... anyone fight a xenomorph except oh, for Predator? Nah. <laughs> They're just gonna lose. Ripley. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Ripley killed like. Twenty of them or something. I don't remember. Anyways, um, so that's gonna bring me to. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with Neo from The Matrix. Okay, I've always like been a, a a fan of The Matrix, and I like the idea of Neo's ability to manipulate the Matrix, and. That's just reality for them. So he's able to manipulate the world however he needs to. But not like overly God form like <clears throat> Gordon. And uh... <laughs> Hey. I took advantage of my situation. That whenever, you know, he he, he goes up against like a hundred clones of Agent Smith, he's in his purest, most epic form there, you know. That's where that's that's the uh Neo I need on my team. So let me see. I got Gandalf, the Xenomorph. I got Neo. I got two more picks, right? Yes, sir. Let's go with since. Uh, let's go with uh, Magneto. Very nice. I like a. Uh, I like an elemental bender. You know, a uh, metal bender in my lineup because if we're fighting on Earth, almost everything's made out of metal. Why wouldn't that be useful? Honestly, mm-hmm. and. To break things up a little bit, I'm going to go with the Michael Fassbender Magneto rather okay. than the um, e, uh, Ian McCollin, which is also mm-hmm. Gandalf. I don't want to get confused. You know. Half of his costume is Gandalf Mag- the Gandalf. White. <laughs> the, so, his hat is half metal helmet, half wizard hat. <laughs> oh, man. If I could put them together in the multiverse. Um and now for my fifth pick. Um, whenever I was discussing my epically crazy picks to my wife, she said, why are they all dudes? I'm like, damn, I am totally sexist. So <laughs> I challenged myself and you all as a sex. No, no, Stephen, yeah, you got a female in there. Storm. Ooh. Thank you. Technically. And uh, Eternity and the one above all are genderless because they are gods and they don't have gender so i'm better than both of you i'm with the females do you you're you have two females 
Okay. Well, anyways, moving on. I had the and challenge. A black myself. female. I'm empowering women over here. Well, that's all. <laughs> Sorry. <writing. laughs> so I came up with two very powerful female characters, and I think I'm going to go with Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch. Excellent pick. Yeah. <laughs> it was either that or Captain Marvel, and I think Maximoff was a better more dynamic character a little bit more powerful possibly more diverse you're in this apocalypse because of her good <laughs> i started this i figured i'd help and she's magneto's daughter well, yeah so exactly why not reunite trauma yeah yeah but yeah i think that's gonna be my dream team i i was telling gordon before we got on that i have to give an honorable mention to one of my most favorite characters in any genre and he it was a it was a close call between gandalf and um captain jean-luc picard because i am a huge patrick stewart fan i really love his work and who doesn't need somebody that he's he's not really an ass kicker like he's not really a good frontliner but he is such a brilliant tactician and negotiator that I really wanted him on my team, but I think Gandalf supplies that role just as well as uh, as Captain Picard, which is unfortunate. But that's a good honorable mention. I like. Yeah, that. that's that's the only one I want to give. Oh, all right, Gordon. Do we want to take a break and then maybe you can correlate your uh, two teams and maybe because I already have one put together. If for uh, when we come back from the break, I'll share there. So to use, so I'm going to, essentially what we're going to do is I'm going to present a scenario to each of you. Um, I'm going to have to now, I was going to, I guess, okay, so Magneto is involved in one of the scenarios, so he'll go to Gordon. So let me just, where's my dang pen? Okay, so we'll do uh, two scenarios with your teams and see how you would deploy them and utilize them to prevent the end of the world. Internet privacy and internet security are two very hot button issues. Any active user of the internet understands that you are always taking a risk, whether it be your private Wi-Fi at home or a public Wi-Fi connection, you are always at risk for somebody potentially hacking and breaching your data. That's why we here at Speakeasley Productions and Let's Be Nerds have partnered with NordVPN. We believe the services that they offer are of tremendous value. We believe they have a customer-focused service regarding your internet security and your internet privacy, and we support them 100%. If you click the link in the description box below, you can see the services that we are able to offer to our listeners through NordVPN at somewhat of a discount in order to better secure your internet experience. Help us support the show and support NordVPN and the incredible work that they're doing by clicking that link down below. All right, we're back. Now, um, we're going to throw this back to Gordon here for kind of a revamp of his team. Uh, Not that his teams are bad. We're just going to revamp it a little bit. And then uh, Mr. J is going to throw us some scenarios. So, Gordon, go ahead and hit us with Gordon 2.1 or 2.2. 
18. <laughs> Since apparently mine was not in a good favor of the rules that I um, was fully aware of and just chose to ignore. Um, my new lineup, I'll just state their names real quick, just so we can get on with this. I kept John Constantine and Green Arrow for their long distance attacking. I picked up Quicksilver and Invisible Woman for recon and to be able to perform sneak attacks and other sort of things without the other party knowing. And as a tank, so to speak, I picked up Drax the Destroyer from Marvel. Nice. Excellent. Excellent. Very solid. And I'm with that, Steve. I'll ask you for the first scenario. Okay, Gordon. So your first scenario <clears throat> is Magneto from the X-Men has found himself crossed into our world and has essentially taken over the Legion of Doom from Lex Luthor. Obviously, two alphas are going to clash pretty heavily. So <clears throat> your scenario is as follows. Magneto believes that he is finally done with the human race and he wants it to simply exist with mutants and metahumans and he has decided that a natural disaster is the best way wipe out as much populace as possible the metahumans the mutants the superheroes supervillains they will find a way to live regular humans will die out he has sent three of the legion of doom to major a major city new york city to cause a distraction and he is on his way with Juggernaut, who is from his team. They're at Yellowstone National Park. Magneto is using his abilities to control Yellowstone and cause an eruption to take out as much as he possibly can. Juggernaut is essentially standing by as his last line of defense. The distraction in New York City is being put on by Sinestro, the anti-Green Lantern from Legion of Doom, Poison Ivy, who also believes that humans need to be eradicated for environmental reasons. She is their team leader. The wild card that Bagneto did not want that showed up to cause mass destruction is Joker. Ooh, oh, that's a great lineup. Am I, is my team aware that New York is a distraction? They, you arrive upon, upon the scene in New York City and you realize through an informant, let's say, S.H.I.E.L.D., informs a team member that this is a diversion and you need to get your team to Yellowstone. You do have the full, since you have an Avenger on your team, you do have access to like aircrafts and things that S.H.I.E.L.D. would provide to be able to transport your team to the site at Yellowstone. Okay. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So we got Magneto and Juggernaut might as well be halfway across the country at that point. I mean, if not more. Um, you said Joker, Sinestro, Anti-Green Lantern, and Poison Ivy. Yes, and she's their field leader. Poison Ivy's the field leader. Oh, so... That's a that's a lovely lineup. That that's a. If you would like more time, Eric, I can tell you your scenario. You can have time to think about it. 
then we can come back to Gordon and play it that way so you guys are not on the spot. Yeah, I think I'd like that. Mm -hmm. I need a minute to think about this. Eric, is that cool with you? Yeah, let's do this. Okay. So, are you familiar with Apocalypse from the X-Men universe? How he operates? Yes. Okay, he's essentially the first mutant. He's looking to, similar to Magneto, eradicate the human race, leaving only select mutants behind. It is common within his lore that he selects four horsemen to carry out his... I guess you could say, willing, will or bidding to bring about the end of the world. So they usually fall under famine, pestilence, war, and death. So for pestilence, he has recruited, once again, Poison Ivy. For famine, he has recruited Storm, because she's able to bring about droughts. For war, he has selected Deathstroke or Slade, is from Teen Titans, if you're familiar. I want to make sure that these... Because I have backups if you're not familiar with these folks. I can figure them out. Okay. And then for death, he has selected... Uh, oh, my God. Pyro. God, excuse me. Pyro. Uh, Pyro is a me- X-Men villain from the Brotherhood who basically has control over pyrokinetics. And he is to represent the underworld burning, death, etc. Uh, they are completely under his control. They are not of their own volition to join him. He used a mind control tactic. They are across... They're essentially same scenario, but they're New York City and Los Angeles, two and two. Apocalypse, <clears throat> Apocalypse will descend upon whichever location. Once you eliminate all four... Apocalypse will descend. So essentially, you're playing five on four, and then five on one in the end scenario. <clears throat> okay. So I think the best way to do this would be to divide up my team, unfortunately. Uh, so you said Storm. Which one was she again? Famine. Because she's essentially causing droughts and removing water systems and causing mass destruction. I'm going to throw Gandalf at Storm. Because that would be a pretty epic showdown, I believe. With uh, Gandalf is more... Uh, at least Gandalf the Grey was more into pyrotechnics, fire, uh, fireworks, anything flashing, lightning, stuff like that. He was very good with that. So I think having Gandalf go after Storm, they they have a pretty similar uh, skill set. Mm-hmm. But... um. Uh, I think I would hope that Gandalf would come out on top after having a couple thousand years to perfect these spells. So that's where I'm going for that one. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to just completely overpower Poison Ivy and throw Wanda Maximoff at her. That's almost not fair. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't... No offense to Poison Ivy. She's mad attractive in every genre, but she's kind of like a B-list villain. Mm-hmm. So... Throwing an A-list Avenger at her is kind of mean, but what can you do? Um, Pyro, I'm going to send Magneto after him. Um, not that Pyro has any any more vulnerabilities to Magneto's ability, but uh, 
you know, knowing that Magneto can draw the iron from somebody's blood, uh, he could find something to some metallic to extract and be super useful. So, <laughs> and so that's Storm, Poison Ivy, Pyro. Who's the fourth one? Destro. Destro. Okay. I'm going to throw the Xenomorph and Neo at Deathstroke. You almost have to. Yeah. He's, he's pretty good. Yeah, Deathstroke's pretty damn intense. From what I remember, he's really damn intense. So he's he would have to take two of my people. And the Xenomorph's not quite A-list. He's more of a shock value, um, putting terror on the front line. So, And then Neo, he... He absolutely always displays control with power. You know, that's how he, that's where his power comes from, his control, his focus. He uses it to channel how he manipulates the Matrix. So I think having a complete insane-ass Xenomorph and a super control uh, character like Neo together, I think that would be like a, a good fire and ice team duo to go after Destro. I think which probably right. would be the best fight out of all four of them. <laughs> if we're being honest. Uh, Gandalf and Storm is up there, but I think you're right. I think that the Deathstroke fight might be the epic one. Yeah. And there is the connection of Magneto being like a leader and a father figure to Pyro for so long throughout the books. So that would be an interesting personal element to the story. Okay. Huh. Yeah, I didn't quite know the backstory there, but you know, knowing my team's A-list abilities from the cinematic universes, I would say that's uh, spot on. And I'd have to say that I really was the mag the apocalypse final showdown between. Quite honestly, Gandalf and Wanda, I think it's over for Apocalypse. I, uh, I really thought he was going to be a lot diff- uh, like a lot more difficult, but I think those two alone would suffice to take him down. Yeah, Wanda's she's extremely powerful. And I know I haven't seen um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness yet, but I heard she just completely pops off on that. So. Oh, shit. He does. She pops a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> mostly people's heads. <laughs> yeah, I definitely need to watch it. And yeah, she's even in like one division and um, Avengers Endgame. She was just over the top powerful. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think she was probably my best bet to throw in as the female character. I think so. Excellent. I think you uh, kicked your scenarios ass. Do what I can. All right, Gordo. I just have one more question for my scenario. Yes. About how much in advance did we find out about the beings in New York City? Was it like last minute and they ran off or did they have like an hour or so of prep time? Like, no, like they're currently destroying the city. Like, okay. So it is get up and go. Okay, so just so I make sure I have this right still, we have Magneto and Juggernaut trying to cause natural disasters in Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. Anti-Green Lantern, Sinestro, 
Poison Ivy, and Joker. Yes. Okay. We're going to deal... We're, we're going to uh, send some people off to fight... Um... Sorry. They're going to go fight Juggernaut and Magneto, who I'm sending with them, uh, using John Constantine's ability to teleport people, places, things. We're going to teleport Quicksilver and Drax the Destroyer. The reason why I send these two is because, to the best of my knowledge, Quicksilver is also related to Magneto. So I am hoping for an emotional reaction there in seeing his own son coming to stop him. Why I pick Drax is because, although he is not a very intelligent being, I'm sure we can all agree on that fact, he has, beyond superhuman strength, and not, I can't really say reflexes, but his biggest thing going for him is strength. And as someone who has once possessed the power stone, but lacking the capabilities of using it to its fullest potential, has only able to increase his strength, I feel that he will be able to hold off Juggernaut long enough for either Quicksilver to subdue or completely take out Magneto or give my other folks enough time to take care of New York and come back and help. So okay. while they're taking well, care of those two in Yellowstone, we're going to jump over to uh, New York. So we have Sinestro and Anti-Green Lantern. I genuinely think the best people to throw at them at the start of this is John Constantine and Susan Storm, or Invisible Woman. And the reason why I picked these two, we'll start with Invisible Woman first. Where, as unless you've read the comics, we've only ever seen her use her ability of just being able to go invisible. But if you've read the comics, you'll know that she is able of, uh, capable of so much more. Including force fields, temporarily blinding her opponents, which is a very big thing against anyone with the Lantern Corps. Because... As much as it's not just sight to be able to use them, it does play a very big part in how they're how they visualize and function their lantern rings is somewhat visual. So it will cause a moment of distraction with the anti green lantern, at the very least. Okay. She's also able to perform uh shockwaves and other internal damages towards people using the uh what is it? Cosmic rays, psionic rays. I'm not exactly sure what the name of them are, but using the rays that makes her go invisible, she's able to cause internal damage to people and be able to make shock raves, pretty much radar or almost like a radar, be able to find where these people are in New York. New York's a big place. You're not just going to find them instantly. Constantine doesn't have a tracking spell on them. If he had, I mean, I'm sure he could, but he'd have to touch him first at the very least. So while she is more of a stay invisible, distract them, we have Constantine using his vast knowledge of very quick wits, his almost superhuman ability to control magic and other powers to subdue these people that may or may not be looking for or be prepared to deal with someone of this stature, as he is 
he is able to attack in any manner. He can attack physically, mentally. He can he can teleport for Christ's sakes. He's able to pretty do everything involving magic except for create and destroy different things. So I feel with these two, they'd be able to take out Sinestro and the Anti-Green Lantern. Maybe not quickly. I feel like it'd be a drawn-out fight. But I feel that they would be able to handle them in a quick enough fashion. Just for clarification, <clears throat> Sinestro, I use the term Anti-Green Lantern to describe him so you have oh. an idea of what his powers were. He's essentially like... Yellow Lantern. Yeah. So it is one individual. I'm just not smart enough to realize that, but that makes more sense. But either way, those two will fuck him up. If it's it's one person, he's screwed. It's as simple as that. Constantine could probably take him himself, but it's too late. They're already on the way. We now all I have left, just you know, just kind of standing there, average Joe, to go against someone who is able to control foliage, poison ivy, and the Joker. But fun fact: we're in New York. Where's a tree? Point as long as we stay away from uh, Central Park. Like there's it. What's she going to use? A house plant? Yeah, that might be dangerous, but Oliver Green Arrow, he has arrows for every situation. He has arrows that will make those things catch on fire. No use when they're dead. And Joker, Joker's Joker. I, I, I Joker, to the best of my knowledge, has never had superpowers, and the one you're referring to probably does not have superpowers. The only thing that made Bruce Wayne not be able to kill him is his not willingness to kill him. Arrow will put an arrow through his, right between his eyes. No hesitation. Joker's done. I I don't think there's, I don't think, other than whatever Joker has set up in the time he was there, I don't think Joker is a big issue here. I think that he is one of the first ones dead down. They'll deal with whatever he set up later. Because, I it, he's just an average guy. I I think the biggest issue is putting the green arrow up against poison ivy, but I feel that he is able to restrain her enough for, I, I do believe he'd be able to restrain her enough to, for the other two to be able to overpower um, Sinestro. Sinestro and come help if need be. But it's poison ivy. She can control plants and everything, but how really, how useful is that? in new york seriously it's new york where you have to go like a block to find a real tree they're all plastic if you were, if you were her <laughs> and you were in this scenario where would you be well you city? see you'd probably be in central park but you see you see what how i'll overcome that real easy i'm gonna have john constantine teleport her somewhere where there's just no plants in new york city like drop her into the like Manhattan River. <laughs> no, not you know. Screw that. He can teleport. They're all going to the moon. O- only Sinestro can survive. And by the time he gets back, I mean, I think, ju- I think Juggernaut can because I think his powers came from the moon, so he might be able to. Survive that's right. It was a moon rock that gave him his powers, and he can probably survive the moon because my my biggest issue is trying to find a way to stop him, and I just don't know. I think the only way we'd be able to do it with my group here is either teleport him somewhere where he dies, but that's not possible. 
you can't kill him. If if he's moving, he's in, invincible pretty much. And even if he's not moving, he's still invincible. I think the only way we'd be able to do it is to have Constantine use some sort of ritual or open a portal to a different dimension or send him to hell to just get him out of our plane of existence. But the issue with that is the amount of time necessary to perform something of that nature. We'd have to stop the juggernaut. I don't know if that is physically possible with anyone on this team. I don't think uh, Invisible Woman's uh, shields are strong enough to stop him. I don't know if Drax would be able to, even if he had the Power Stone in hand. If he had the Power Stone, he might be able to hold him, but I don't think he'd be able to kill him. I genuinely think the only way would be able to get Constantine away from New York after he, they take care of the people there and then start a ritual to move him to either another plane of existence or bind him so that he can no longer move. Which would like get... He, you'd have to get his helmet off. I would say, yep. like, yeah, use, like, Constantine and Invisible Woman in some kind of combination where, like, maybe he drops her, in, like, when she's invisible on him. Because his helmet prevents, uh, is like Magneto's, it prevents mental attacks. Because, yeah. if I'm correct, he is, um, Charles's brother, correct? Half or stepbrother, yeah. Two I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure he's related in some way, shape, or form to Charles Xavier. And that's why he has the helmet on, so his brother can't get into his head. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I guess we'd have to take off the helmet and then use a mental attack which either invisible woman or constantine could easily manage i mean looking at his range of attacks here he the biggest issue after that is even not even a big issue just stopping magneto from moving the tectonic plates and causing a nuclear winter because of a big volcano mm -hmm. which hopefully by this time the emotional damage of seeing his son has reached him and has made him regret his life choices for long enough that he can be uh, subdued and put in uh, those mutant handcuffs. Because I'm sure S.H.I.E.L.D. has some. <laughs> I'm sure they do. <laughs> uh, they wouldn't have sent us without them, honestly. Hey. Uh, I think that I think you have a good attack. I did not expect the emotional uh, appeal <laughs> on your part, but I, I think it was a, a good move. Yeah. I don't know. I think that I think you both did very good in your little war game scenarios. I think Eric um Eric's is better. I think mine's a bit of a stretch. I the I was the whole time you were talking, I was thinking about the fight between Drax and the Juggernaut. I think that would be just absolutely epic. That it would, would be, be amazing. <laughs> and I'd like to imagine that we have these people at their prime or strongest. Yeah. So I'd like to imagine him with the power stone, like hold, like not being able to fully stop the juggernaut, but like make it so like his heels are slowly digging in whatever dirt or mud is at the uh, Yellowstone Park to like try to get him to stop so that the other people can get there and help take care of this in invincible walking tank. Mm-hmm. All right, not bad scenarios, not bad.
Now, Mr. J, I do feel bad. We didn't come up with any scenarios for you. But we do want to see your team in action. Do you have a scenario, or do you want Gordon and I to randomly pick one of your two scenarios? No, I think the better thing is you have to pick one of our teams and fight against one of our teams. (laughs) Oh, like I have to pick. Okay, wait. And then we just... I like this. And then we just go back and forth and uh, pit our characters against each other and kind of have like a verbal fight between characters. I think that would be fun. Hold on. Okay, run it back for me real quick. So, Eric, we have Gandalf. Yep. Gandalf, a xenomorph. Xenomorph. The Alien series. (laughs) That's never not funny. Maximoff. Yeah. Neo from The Matrix and Magneto. Okay, and Gordon, we have Green Arrow. John Constantine, uh, Invisible Woman, and Quicksilver. Uh, Okay. Okay. Let me see. So I'm picking, like, who I would match up, like, for a fight. Like, who I would throw at. Yeah, which team would you like, uh, would you like to fight? If not both. Against my team or against each other? Sorry, am I a little lost? Um, you you're using team? your team to fight against one of our teams. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Uh, so one of our teams is going to be the villains in one of your two scenarios. Or brainwashed. Let's go with brainwashed because that makes our team sound a bit better. We are brainwashed like um that weird plant that turned the Justice League. Okay. Uh. No offense, Gordon, but I think that aside from Constantine, Constantine in a raven battle would be cool. That would be cool, because their magic is identical. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're both DC. I'm 90% sure Raven's father is probably one of the demons or devils that John Constantine owes his life to. Because there's multiple, so he like... can't die. Because everyone in hell would argue over who gets his soul. So he pretty much just keeps getting resurrected while they fight it out. It's pretty nice. All right, Awfully so... painful. Now, Constantine, th- this is... Uh, from what I'm drawing back on my memory, this is um, a movie. That it's a movie had... and a TV show. And a TV show. Okay. Um, crap. Why can't I... You're talking about live action yeah. with Keanu Reeves? Yeah, Keanu Reeves. I- I've seen bits and pieces of that. Is this the Constantine we're talking about? Um, I'm using the one from comic. Okay. And um, the animated TV shows and movies because he is con- continuity wise the most more powerful than the movie or the live action TV show. Far more useful. Yes, he is. Because um, in the one with uh, Keanu Reeves playing him, at the end of it, we see um, 
he tricked the devil into curing his lung cancer from smoking his entire life. Damn, I want that trick. So he... At, I can't remember the exact plot, but he tricked the devil into curing his cancer by making... um. By pretty much promising his soul to him because he um he didn't he told john something along the lines of you're not going any way except the way i want you to go pretty much you're not gonna die unless i tell you you're gonna die some sort of thing like that i can't really remember it's been a hot minute since i've uh, seen that movie and uh he just reaches into his lungs and pulls out two things of cancer Damn. And then drops him on the ground. And then he leaves and Constantine lights a cigarette. <laughs> How's it looking, Mr. J? Alright, so Gordon's team, I have a pretty good matchup. Yours I'm excited. A little bit more... Honestly, Eric, I think that there are ones where I can definitely say I would say I'd win three. I would win three out of the five for us. If this is like a head-to-head matchup to the death, oh yeah. All right, Gordon, let me start with you. Okay. So immediately, Green Arrow and Daryl Dixon. Green Arrow is a f- is a powder puff compared to what Daryl Dixon has gone through. I'm sorry, I he's no su- he has no real superpowers. It's an even matchup. Daryl Dixon doesn't give a shit about some green Robin Hood ripoff. I think Daryl Dixon kicks Green Arrow's ass. Hmm. Uh, so they're both average Joes, correct? Yeah, the, to my knowledge, Green Arrow is not actually like superhuman. I think he might have like enhanced ability, like he, from working out. He is known to um is peak human physical and mental condition because of all he's been through and what he's trained himself through. So he is seen at the peak of humanity like the best you can get he is highly skilled through the league of shadows in hand-to-hand combat and pretty much all know martial arts i assume i assume there's nothing they don't know and that they just taught him all of what they know um i'm sorry but what does your i don't i can't for the life of me, remember what he like. What does he use as his main he primary? Has a cross, his main thing is. Oh, that's right. So they're crossbows. So, well, but here's a bow and arrow, and, he's and his is a crossbow. Here's the one thing I'll ask: Do you think Daryl Dixon can catch an arrow in his hand? Because arrow I can. He would, I don't think he'd put himself in a position where he would have to. I mean, the but as them both being archers. It, an arrow having high tech, not only just high tech, not extremely high tech, not like nanotech, but better than leather, but not like quite fully metal for weight reasons. Since he runs around with a bow and arrow like fucking Robin Hood, he has higher tech leather armor that is pretty resist. It, it's like a very high tech Kevlar. It, it stops most bullets. It would stop an arrow. He has various types of specialty arrows as well. He would blow that fucking motorcycle up before it got in 100 yards of him. I don't know. It, it, this I... this battle would end up being who can shoot who first. 
or can Daryl get close enough to get in hand in hand combat with him? I think Green Arrow will take the piss out of him and like it'll be down to the final wire. And I, I have to believe that Daryl with the survival skills and yeah, he may not be the most trained, but he's lived through so much stuff. I just think he'd pull it out in the end. I, I just think he would it would be like a knife to the throat. It would be something it'd be like not the you know, not an honorable win by any stretch. <laughs> It would, it, the only way he'd win is definitely could not be honorable. It'd have to be some sort of catch Arrow off guard because Arrow's literally, I'm pretty sure he has died and then brought back in the Lazarus pit. He, he, yeah. I just, I find that it would be a very hard battle for him to win in hand to hand and martial art combat against Arrow if they came to hand to hand. And I know for a fact, I mean, it might be harder to catch a crossbow bolt, but I know for a fact Arrow can catch an arrow in his hand before it hits him, as he's shown doing that in comics and movies and TV shows. I feel it's a closer matchup than you think in that it would come down to who has the, who's closest to the knife when they're on the floor tussling. That, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, I think it'd be a very, like, bloody, long, drawn-out battle. Um, okay, let's call that one a tie. I'm cool with the tie. I'm cool with the tie too. That's fair because I feel like you're about to whip the ass of like everyone else. <laughs> uh, so Jax, Jax will be stronger than Goliath, but with Goliath's wings and like tactical ability for like centuries, I think it would just be a matter of Goliath would get his ass kicked in the first two rounds, and then he would find a tactical way to take him down. Just yeah. because of the years of experience and the wings, I think maybe like. Picking him up and dropping him or some shit. I don't know. I, I I feel just so we you know Drax's full powers. He has superhuman strength, stamina, resistance to physical injury, as well as the ability to project uh, consecutive blast, concussive blast with cosmic energy from his hands. Oh, that might. Okay, I didn't know about that one. That might. That might be Goliath's downfall. But if only if he can outfly them, because he can do some magic too, but it's very limited. He. He can. He could, if he could fly, he could travel at high speeds in outer space and hyperspace without food, air, water. And if we're using peak, like, peak of our characters, he also has telepathy. Which Drax used to defeat Thanos in a one, like, mind-to-mind -mind battle, which this telepathy he can use from anywhere in the world, universe, to this person. I just don't know the limitations of it. Like, I don't know if they have to come into contact once or what's up. Um, but if so we're... He can go out into space, he said. If if he is brought out into space, he would survive. He can't get there on his own as he can't fly. Oh. But if he was, by chance, thrown or... If your character, Goliath, would think... This, this looks like an alien we're throwing him in space no one can survive he can survive in space without air food or water for how long i'm not sure i still i i think yuri would win though because drax is not smart i think it would just be a it would be an intelligence thing i think Jax would beat the hell out of him and then he would outsmart him in the end yeah i agree with that i don't um, think drax could win against him constantine and raven i do have to think that she would just use the, like the trigon devil powers and it'd be like he owes his life to all these people, and she could, like, throw him into the darkness, and I think she would 
Because he has to do like very ritual based stuff. His powers, I think, not for all of it. He's able to use some magic without rituals, but not a lot of it. It does take some. He's not as fast as Raven. The he would lose to the fact that Raven is the daughter of this being that he uses power from, essentially, or where he learned power from. Yeah. If it was a down to who would if it was down to them both equaling in speed which is not possible because Constantine is a human he needs to perform certain rituals or other sort chants for certain magic if it wasn't for that I feel like it would come to a more standstill but Raven would fuck him up it's probably a speed thing if he if she were to use tap into the power of her father and use that against him hands down he'd fucking dead i'm gonna say that i think that invisible woman would kick, kick sora's ass because i know quicksilver would so <laughs> i'm gonna I, I was between so like so, in my opinion i've seen it in comic but it's no exaggeration the storm can kick quicksilver's ass oh, so that's ice on the ground he's out <laughs> yeah uh not being able to see because of fog lightning strikes mm-hmm. so i had no one else that i thought could take him down I think Raven could outrun him, or he could outrun Raven. So Storm, I do believe, would be an immediate Quicksilver KO. So that left me with Sora for Invisible Woman. He can I manipulate color I, and induce blindness and other. All she shit. has to do is turn is stop him long enough with the shields, sneak around him, and get the Keyblade off of him. It's over. Like it's not that you know what I mean. Turn, make that invisible. Chuck it. He'll never find it. He's screwed. What's he going to do? Call Donald and Goofy? Like he's um, I just read this because I glanced over the power so I had a better recognition. I would have to go back and amend what I said about my people um, w- losing that fight. She can project force field within an object, expanding the field and make the target explode. Yeah, it's very limited that she's done that power. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which I believe one of the things I read on her was um, the doctor she was with, whoever uh, the stretchy man was. I'm sorry. Reed, I Reed Richards. He said that she is able to use much more than what she does because she's afraid of using it. Yes. And she kind of like falls under that like Batman like mentality mm-hmm. in a sense yep. of like, you know, she'd rather be a defensive player even though she's a much better. This is not Batman, but I mean, she doesn't want to kill like Batman. But she she puts herself in the defensive role and like the motherly role when she really could like go out and kill people. Yeah, I think she, yeah she'd kick Sora's ass. <laughs> I yeah I think it'd be a very close match altogether. Um, and honestly, Eric, uh, I would I would pay good money to see a Gandalf Storm fight. Yeah. I mean, like that would be like, pretty the, excellent. The Weather Witch, like, I just think that would be such a... You can't buy that. Uh, Wanda and Raven, I've seen this multiple times, like, throughout, like, just fan art. And I think that there was a crossover where they actually did fight. And oddly enough, they are kind of considered each other's, like, counterpart. I believe so that. So, I don't know. I think that that would be luck of the draw. Like, who woke up on the right side of the multiverse that day? Yeah. <laughs> 
because I've seen the matchup done in art and I've had, I've read discussions and things of people that, because they're just, they're, they're different, but they're so similar in like the dark side of their personality. I don't know. I, yeah, that one's, uh, that one's a draw, plain and simple. Neo would kick Daryl Dixon's ass. (laughs) Yeah, there's not much stopping that. Magneto and Sora, if Sora was able to somehow use a key, one of the Keyblades that's not made of metal, he would potentially have a chance. He would, because Magneto doesn't have any other abilities other than metal. He doesn't have invulnerabilities or anything that I know of. I think it just, yeah, like kick the shit out of him. With and a... only magnetic metals at that, too. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. That one would be interesting, but Magneto has the years of experience. He's also, but you said you wanted, you didn't want Ian McKellen Magneto. You wanted younger Magneto. So yeah, yeah, I wanted that, Michael Fassbender. That's tough. Um, I think. Hmm, I want to say Soren. I don't know. Um, Given the right circumstances. That's another one. I think it's like who woke up on the right side of the bed. I don't yeah. know. Uh, Xenomorph and Goliath. I hate to admit it, but <laughs> I think that because like I'm looking. It's been so long since I've seen Alien. Um, I uh, I think that it because he's like he's in Tetler. Like, oh, here's a quick question for you, Eric. Is it like a regular Xenomorph or a mother Xenomorph? Uh, regular Xenomorph. Okay. Uh, the one from the third. Because he had the highest body count, and he was considered <laughs> to be the pinnacle of the xenomorph evolution. Okay, good to know. Should have asked so that he's, earlier. He's not as large as a xenomorph morph queen, but he's far more agile and deadly. Okay, and not a neomorph from the earlier the the prequels, which they are pretty fucking terrifying too. Pardon my French. I think that all Goliath could hope to do would be to use the flight advantage to try to wear him down, but the second that it becomes daylight, he turns to stone, he's fucked. So I I just don't see it. I don't see Goliath winning that one, and I hate that. So- Even though he's like super intelligent, I just don't... I don't see it. You would put Goliath against the Xenomorph rather than Neo? Well, who was I going to put against the Xenomorph? I knew Daryl would get his ass kicked. Daryl's done. You could, yeah. You can throw him to Wanda if you wanted to. And yeah, but he Wanda needed he. I needed he... an even match for Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. So I, Storm. I so I tried to match it as like ties versus like. Magneto and Sora. Take a draw over a loss. I get it. Yeah. I just think that... I think Neo would kick Daryl's ass. I think Xenomorph would kick Goliath's ass. And I think we'd have a luck draw, the draw on all the other three. Yeah. That's a hard-fought one there. <laughs> that is. That's like everyone's going to go home tired or dead. Yeah, that, that would be the best matchup in my opinion. Because nothing else makes... Not no other way would work. So of Wanda, it's because of Wanda. Yeah, Wanda's. Oh man, 
she's of like the higher class. Mm-hmm. Like the A-list superhero. I would have almost put the Xenomorph against Soren. Soren from Kingdom Hearts? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I would have put I would have put the Xenomorph against Soren. I'll just say now, uh, if I were to put my team against Eric's, mine would just get fucking wiped. Like, no question. Mine's dead. There, there's no hope anywhere in that world. I have more of a brutal tactic whenever it comes to fighting head-to-head. I've, All... I'm willing to take a loss so I can get two wins. All of my people are more, like, quick-witted and long-term where yours are come in, snap their fingers, and the person's dead. Yeah, there's a lot of magic and like powerful people on that team. But it's balanced though, because you have like xenomorph and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you have you know, non-intelligent you know, beings. Yeah, they're not immortal by any yeah. means. Or gods. Or gods. I mean, Wanda Maximoff might as well be. <laughs> Let's be honest <laughs> really here. She might as well be. <laughs> I guess it might have been a little bit more fair if I would have kept Patrick Stewart's Jean-Luc Picard in there. Just a normal, regular-ass Joe who's just a tactician who's not an ass-kicker. Causes multiple multiverses of issues just to find your children. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, no, I think this was good, though. I think this was a good good matchup. And uh, I think you've been voted our Dungeon Master now, Stephen J. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think you get put well, together a good story after that. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of thinking that this is, and I want to talk to you guys about this after we're done. I would like to maybe, <clears throat> if, you know, those of you listening enjoyed this, please let us know. Because I think that there's something we could do within this space of, you know, uh, kind of like you said, like a Dungeon Master scenario, but in a podcast form. I think it'd be fun. And if you guys d- enjoyed it, uh, let me know. Maybe we can come up with something. Does anybody else uh, have anything to add to the episode before we wrap up? I don't overhear. I I will hold my peace until episode two of the um, Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble. I like yeah. that. But what was All it? Right. Celebrity Deathmatch on MTV? Oh, yeah, that was, it was Claymation. <laughs> that shit was yeah. good. That's basically what we did. Yeah. I like that. Or for anyone that... um. Watches this after 2000. Very, yes, anyone born after 2000, YouTube, uh, superhero showdown or deathmatch. It's uh, where the Oscar Golden Globe guy makes everyone fight against each other, and then it comes down like Harley Quinn and uh, Deadpool somehow. Oh, I, maybe I don't know about this one, so I'll have, um, to... I'll have to put the links to you guys, and maybe we can. Uh, I think you guys would like it. It's kind of funny. It is exactly what we just did, but deathmatch for every universe. There's like main characters come together, fight in a giant deathmatch. Hundreds of arenas keeps getting condensed down and down and down to down to the last two. And I haven't caught up with it since then, so I don't know what happened to those last two. I think they were treated like an Adam and Eve type of character from there for winning their respective battles. They did heroes and villains in separate okay. things then brought them together. Hmm. It's kind of more comedy than like based off who would actually win, but it's, it's a good beat. Good watch. Good watch. Awesome. 
All right. Well, then, with that being said, I want to thank all of you for listening to today's episode. This was the season two finale. And stay tuned. We have some exciting new projects in the works coming soon. And thank you to the to today's sponsors. Without you, the show would not be possible. Thank you to Anchor FM. And we will see you in the next whatever. Our last two sponsors of the day are Audible and CodeMonkey. Audible is a wonderful application in which you are able to combine your love of audiobooks and your love of podcasts all in one streamlined place. I have been using Audible for about two months now and I have to say the experience has been tremendous. I have found that being somebody that's constantly on the go, having one generalized place to find all of my entertainment, whether I'm traveling in the car or listening at work, it has really made my life a little bit easier because I can find everything I'm looking for in one spot and I'm never missing out. I'm staying on top of current things, current events with my podcasts, and I'm making progress on the books that I want to read. We here at Speakeasley Productions and Let's Be Nerds are proud to offer you a 30-day trial with a free credit. All you have to do is click the link in the description box below and you can sign up now and try it for yourself. Let us know what you think because we're pretty proud of this program. CodeMonkey is a very important application. We all know that children are the future and CodeMonkey is taking that very seriously. With programs for both parents and teachers, this is a fun, interactive way for children to learn coding while gaming. Yes, you heard that right, coding. Teach them young and help them prepare for their future careers in this ever-changing technology environment. CodeMonkey is first in its class in its fun and educational software. We would love for you to give it a try. The link for the description the link for it will be in the description box below, and please let us know what you think. I am extremely proud to work with them because I believe that they have a very similar vision that I, I and my co-host share. Children are the future, and we need to educate them and get them better prepared for the job market ahead. With that being said, thank you Audible and thank you Code Monkey for making this podcast possible. Let's Be Nerds is hosted and executive produced by Gordon Bryant and me, Stephen J. McLean. Let's Be Nerds is a production of Speakeasley Productions. Our social media manager is Kylie Gregg. Our managing producer and co-host is Lizette Ayala. Today's guest host was Robert Van Jacobs. You can follow him on all social media platforms at Bobby Dub Music. To keep up with the latest on Let's Be Nerds, Join our Discord server linked in the description box below. Follow us on Instagram at Let's Be Nerds Pod or find us on Twitter at Let's the Letter B Nerds.